0: Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about the hidden job market and how an external recruiter can help you find your dream job. This is the very first episode of our Recruiter Month series where we dive deep with actual recruiters and people whose expertise is within the recruiting field, and we're going to let you know just how honest and authentically, in the best way that we can, that we can get you that job. So today I brought on Chris Campbell, CEO and founder of the Smart Job Search System. Chris Campbell's mission is to help at least 1 million professionals wake up happy to go to work. holding nearly every job title in the job market over the past two decades chris has guided thousands of job seekers on how to achieve their career aspirations using the smart job search system chris is also the founder and ceo of eq search and leads an executive recruitment team focused on the life science and healthcare industries he lives in pennsylvania with his wife two kids and lots of soccer equipment so as you can see, Chris is just going to be amazing, and this episode's really going to help you out if you're struggling to get noticed by hiring managers. Let's launch right into it with our 195th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Okay, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing great. I always marvel at the opportunity to have another Chris on the Career Warrior Podcast, <laughs> so this is a momentous occasion for me. Why don't you go ahead and let job seekers know a little bit about that mission to help 1 million job seekers. I thought that really popped out in my eye.
1: You know, I've been in the recruiting business for 20 years now. And, you know, it really kind of started with just helping job seekers on a one off basis over the years. I think a lot of recruiters tend to be more transactional. And I always felt from day one, like empathetic for the job seeker. You know, I've been on that side of things. And it's tough. And it's, not gotten any easier, and a lot of people, I think, would think that technology has helped. I think it's actually, you know, made things in some ways more challenging. To answer your question, I've just always had empathy for the job seeker, and being through some really tough job searches myself, you know, I landed in a place where, you know, in my recruiting business, I ended up having access and the ability to help job seekers pretty consistently over the years. And eventually that led me to really building a smart job search system for them so they could kind of get a vantage point from the inside out. Because in our recruiting business, we are operating in the job market every day. You know, we see what's going on, you know, on the public job market, in the hidden job market. And so really, you know, I think for me, the inspiration was the most satisfaction I've had, you know, in doing what I do recruiting wise was helping job seekers land meaningful work. And so that was the inspiration. And I was encouraged eventually by family and friends, you know, to build this into more of a system than just doing it on a one-off basis for years.
0: Chris, that's why I think you and I are so similar is we just get that satisfaction from when we get that email from a job seeker who has been struggling for some time and They finally land that job. And for me, there's no greater level of satisfaction is really helping those individuals, more so the people who are listening to this podcast right now. So I like that. And one of the questions I have for you is it's it's a practical or it's, it's more of a probably an insightful one here. But why are so many job seekers out there struggling these days? Like, why are so many people getting these rejections and just having a really hard time landing that job?
1: Yeah, I think it's important to understand how things have evolved over the years, right? And I know I'm going to date myself now, but I think it's important to go back and understand that before there were big job boards, you know, things were done very differently and in a much more analog way. But with the advent of job boards, and I think, you know, the first two big job boards to kind of come on the scene were Monster, right, and and CareerBuilder. I think when those things happened and there were limited number of job boards and one place for, you know, both sides to go, meaning hiring companies and job seekers, there was a period where the, you know, I think there were some efficiencies that worked there. But unfortunately what happened over time was I think last I counted and last I checked with an expert who, you know, works and helps job boards, there's over a hundred thousand of them, right? And yeah. now the, the major players tend to be indeed, they tend to be LinkedIn those leaders have kind of emerged, but it's very disjointed. And I think it's just so hard now for job seekers to navigate through all these job boards to stand out. You know, if you look at the statistics, right, there's usually a couple hundred resumes for any one job posting. You know, I think it's important to understand that both sides of the network are frustrated. You know, hiring companies are frustrated because they get so many applications and so many of those aren't qualified. And then for qualified job seekers, You know, they're so frustrated because they don't get response or communication and they end up really, you know, frustrated by not getting, you know, any traction in their job search or many interviews out of their efforts. And so I think it's a challenging time for job seekers. And I think that's only gotten worse this year, you know, with what's happened with the pandemic and even more people out of work and even more people, you know, applying to online jobs. Right. And I'm sure just to riff on the pandemic
0: issue for a little bit, I think part of the problem is people are transitioning industries and they don't know how to market themselves. So their resumes might come across as, you know, why the heck is this person applying for this job when the resume says that he has experience in every other thing, but the one that's being applied for. So to me, it sounds like it's a targeting issue. Would you say that?
1: Yeah, I think that's certainly part of the issue. I think the other part is, you know, you have to have a healthy respect for your competition. And what I mean by that is this, and I've explained this a lot to job seekers over the years, it's one of the only competitions I know of where you don't get to see your competition really at all, right? And so I think it's important to recognize that you are in a competitive environment. In fact, right now, more competitive than ever in terms of probably number of applications. And, you know, if you don't have the experience that is listed on the job description or you're coming from a different industry, it's almost impossible to compete with people who do have better qualifications and the industry experience. And so I think, you know, you really need to have a different approach if you're looking to make the kind of transition you're describing. Okay, wonderful.
0: So let's dive into that a little bit. I like to call this the heart of the podcast because I can kind of feel it coming a little bit towards this episode right now. Let's delve into the concept of the hidden job market, which is something that I know you love talking about. And then I want to go into external recruiters since this is recruiter month. I think that would be valuable to delve into as well. But in your opinion, first of all, what is the hidden job market? And second of all, how are the most successful job seekers taking advantage of it?
1: Yeah, and I think let's just start, Chris, with just a basic definition and understanding and we can build you know, off of that. So the way I like to describe the public job market is the public job market is any job that you can see and that is advertised publicly. And that can be in a variety of different places that can be on a job board like Indeed, that can be, you know, just on a company website. But kind of by definition, if everybody can see it, it's public, you know, and that can be in a variety of different places. I think to define the hidden job market, it's jobs that you know, are out there that people can't see that are being filled consistently without any public job posting. And if you look at the estimates in Forbes and other places who've quoted this over the years, it's up to 75% of jobs are filled in the hidden job market. And so that to me is where the huge disconnect is between how jobs are actually filled and how job seekers are looking for jobs. And that's usually square one you know, where I start with job seekers to make sure that, you know, that we have that understanding. Well, let me just clarify something. The hidden job
0: market, you're telling me that these are jobs that aren't posted anywhere. Like, I know they're being hired, and I know they're being filled through the hidden job market, which we'll talk about. But are, is, there a, is there an obligatory job posting on Indeed that people may just know that isn't going to be checked? Or is, you're just saying that's not posted at all, correct?
1: Yeah, no, it's good clarification. And that's correct. And just to share a a recent email from this morning in my recruiting business, we just got a role to work on to fill. And when I talked to the internal talent acquisition person and asked for a copy of the job description, they couldn't send it to me because the hiring manager said that this search was confidential, meaning it's probably going to replace someone who is currently employed there. So, you know, Front and center case of just recently today where this job can't be posted for confidentiality purposes because for confidentiality reasons, because the person is probably being replaced who's currently in the role. One of the, the things that kind of stuck with me
0: during our last conversation was you said that 25% of people are playing in a, in a larger pond, so to speak, and the vast majority, like 75%
1: of people are playing in the smaller pond. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I try and make sure that we have a visual analogy, right? When I work with job seekers early on, so that we are on the same page in terms of understanding of how jobs are filled, where the, you know, most of the jobs are and where most people are looking, where most people are not looking, right? You know, I would say after taking inventory over the years with job seekers that, you know, most job seekers today spend at least 75% of their time, I would argue it may be up to 80 or 90% of their time focused on the public job market and so you have this vast majority of job seekers searching, competing and looking for jobs in a pond that is arguably where 25% of the jobs are filled. You know, and meanwhile you have another pond, the hidden job market that, you know, where I would argue that probably 75% of the jobs are and only 20 25% of the people are looking. So it's completely reversed of, you know, of how you should be you know, conducting your job search and what I would argue are best practices in 2020. And, and this, what's interesting about this, Chris, is I've talked to people recently who are just recent college grads. I just talked to someone yesterday who's an executive who's been in, you know, in this, um, in her professional career for probably almost 30 years now. And yet she still had to, after this recent job search she's in now, She said, Chris, I applied to roughly 50 jobs online and I haven't gotten one response yet for an interview. And so this thing really spans from beginning to end of career, where I see people, you know, struggling with this concept and knowing how to really, you know, kind of seek and find the best jobs.
0: So this works for everyone, no matter the stage in your career, the place that you're at, this is this seems like something that everyone should really be taking advantage of and capitalizing on. You got me interested. If I was playing the role of the job seeker right now, I am really wanting to take advantage of the hidden job market. What's step one?
1: Yeah, I would say step one is, I think, recognizing that internal recruiters that work at companies directly for companies you may want to work for and external recruiters like headhunters and recruiting firms, like the one that I own, LinkedIn has been a game changer and everybody sources and looks and reaches out to people on LinkedIn. So I would argue that there's a huge paradigm shift as LinkedIn has become more and more popular as the professional platform for everybody, you know, to really kind of communicate and network on, you know, and so getting back to your question, what is step one? Step one would be making sure your LinkedIn profile is updated and it's robust because we're in there every single day using advanced search filters to basically reach out and communicate with people. Whether it's a publicly posted job or not, everybody is using LinkedIn as a way to source and go and find talent. And so I think step one is making sure you have a LinkedIn profile that's robust and updated so that internal recruiters external recruiters slash headhunters can find you. And that's the first step and easiest thing you can do. And I know you can relate to this in terms of there's a resume piece today, you know, in a lot of ways, the LinkedIn profile is just as important or more important. And the two need to be in sync.
0: Absolutely. I get asked that question all the time. It's like, how important is the LinkedIn profile in relation to the resume? And I'm always telling people, you got to have both really where it needs to be. You got to have your resume in good shape. And also your LinkedIn has to be in good shape, too, because like you said, people who are recruiting talent are going through LinkedIn to find that talent. That's just the way it is in 2020. It's the way it was last year. And I see that as the way it is going to continue to be for years to come. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Are you implying more of an inbound, I guess, kind of way that my LinkedIn would be used, such as like I'm trying to attract people to my profile and then have them reach out to me and I message or am I doing a lot of the reaching out? What would this look like, especially in the beginning?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think once you have it updated and robust and really making sure that it looks sharp and and is a good representation of you and your work that you've done including a professional picture, right? Let's make sure the basics are in place. And because there's a lot of bad LinkedIn pictures out there, you know, but I think it goes both ways to your question. So that allows recruiters to find you easily, who are trying to fill jobs that they're working on and can send direct messages to you. But then it also sets you up to for you to be able to go out and send messages to hiring managers, company insiders, people that you may want to work for and know that the first thing they're going to do is check out your profile as soon as you send a message and make sure that it looks good. Right. So, but to your question, it it does
0: go both ways. I love that. That makes a lot of sense to me. And to keep wrapping it back to this, the concept of the hidden job market, it just, that's what boggles me right now. It kind of blows my mind. Like, how would I know that these jobs exist if I don't see them posted anywhere? You're, I think we're kind of gravitating towards using LinkedIn as the source of finding out, but how does LinkedIn connectivity and networking turn into
1: hidden jobs? Going back to what I said, where internal recruiters and external recruiters, both using the platform to reach out directly to job seekers. Take, for instance, the message I got this morning about this confidential role. So how are we going to go and find people who we think are qualified to interview for it, right? Right. We are going to reach out to our network, you know, in terms of the database that we have and people whose resumes we have and we've worked with over the years who may be a fit. But then our other main channel is going to be LinkedIn to go and review people's profiles and see who may be a good fit, have the right qualifications. And we're going to confidentially reach out to them with a, you know, with a one on one message and see if they're open to new opportunities and start a dialogue with them. And so those are the two you know, two main ways these things happen.
0: It just blows my mind. You know, I really wanted to hammer that home, but it just blows my mind how relevant LinkedIn is to the modern job search. And I'm even looking at someone who I hired for our company a year ago. I never posted this position on Indeed or any of these other sites, which I'm not saying not to go on those sites. You know, I don't think the purpose of this episode is to completely crap on, on all those websites. But when I was looking for that person last year, I did a LinkedIn search using select keywords and was, just went through one by one the potential candidates I had for this position. And 1.5 years later, she is still with us. She's been promoted twice. And I think using LinkedIn as an avenue to find that job seeker was one of the best decisions I made. And to use the hidden job market, so to speak, I think is a really good way to do that.
1: Yeah, you know, completely agreed and you know there's a variety of reasons why people don't post and why you know so many jobs are filled through the hidden job market and if you look at you know I think what I always explain you know to job seekers is if you look at the referral game right in terms of getting referrals as a way to get a job that's also you know where a lot of the jobs get filled in the hidden job market is through referrals and Yeah, and lots of companies give a lot of pretty strong financial incentive to their employees, right, to, you know, to get referrals, to hire good people. And so I always like to say that, you know, you want to win the referral game, whether that comes from someone from your network or an external recruiter or somebody who works at a company that, you know, that you want to work for, that you started a dialogue with. You know, I think winning the referral game is a smart way to, you know to approach your job search versus blasting resumes out, you know, to online job postings.
0: Working smarter, not harder. That is the epitome, I think, of the company that you founded. And I think that's awesome. So you do cite external recruiters, though, as one of your four prongs, really, in that arsenal to help job seekers. I don't know if referrals is one, but the external recruiter thing I do want to delve into. So in a bit, I want to talk about how to use external recruiters, so to speak, to land jobs. But first I just think there's a little bit of confusion out there in the job seeker world and just want to clarify something but what really what's the difference between an internal
1: recruiter and an external recruiter It's a great question and I think especially people younger in their careers struggle to understand what is that difference And for me in terms of explaining that an internal recruiter is somebody who works you know is paid by the company directly you know that they work for So you know let's just pick a company right so Microsoft large company they have a huge internal hr and recruiting team and those people are employees of microsoft and they go out and find and you know look for job seekers to fill and you know qualified job seekers to fill jobs that are posted at microsoft but these people are paid and work for microsoft directly and so i think that's maybe the easiest way to explain what an internal you know recruiter looks like their titles these days can be recruiter in the title. It could be talent acquisition seems to be used by lots of companies and some, you know, who are a little bit more old school may just have an HR title still, but all these things kind of fit the internal, you know, recruiter definition in terms of they're being paid by the company that, you know, that they work for to find job seekers to fill jobs that are, you know, that are vacant.
0: So for external recruiter, the difference is it's basically who's employing this person to, Find the job fit, correct? So, an external recruiter might work for another firm that's partnered up with the hiring company to get that person hired.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, it's a third party, meaning they don't work directly for the company. And, you know, you and I've joked a little bit about this in terms of what they're called. Sometimes they're called external recruiters, sometimes they're called headhunters. Yeah. Which, you know, as I would say, more of a slang term, you ask me if I have an issue with that you know, that term, I've never had an issue with it. You know, I think it's just a different way to say, you know, kind of call us what we are. Right.
0: Has a nice, has a nice ring to (laughs) it.
1: Nice cannibalistic ring to it. But yeah. And so I think it's important to understand that an external recruiter is hired by the company, by the hiring company. And a lot of times they're doing that either because they don't have the bandwidth internally to fill the role. They don't want to post it and get bombarded with a thousand resumes you know, or there's a confidential situation, like I just described, and they need somebody third party, sometimes there's actual employee agreements in place, um, and they want third party protection. So they're kind of at arm's length, you know, if they're going to go and hire from one of their direct competitors. And so I think, and we've been pulled in, you know, in those situations too. And a lot of those situations, they don't want their competitors to see these jobs advertised publicly. You know what I mean? And so we're kind of working in the shadows, right, behind the scenes to, you know, conduct in, you know, these searches and fill them. Going back to your original question, external recruiters, you know, work for a recruiting firm, a third party, and are not employed by the company that, you know, eventually okay. the, the candidate would actually work for. It makes a
0: lot of sense to me. I'm glad we're having this conversation with you versus just, you know, us doing our own research. It's like listeners can actually hear from the source, what the process of, you know, finding a hidden job through an external recruiter could look like. So that's exactly what I want to hear from you is what would the process look like if I am looking to go out and find the best jobs for me? How can I partner with an external recruiter
1: to get that dream job? Just touching back, and I know I'm kind of beating the table here on this one, but making sure your profile's updated because what will happen over time if it is you will start to see a pattern of the recruiters who work in your industry and your, and, or your niche, you know, reaching out to you consistently. And so if you see a pattern of the same recruiter or small group of recruiters reaching out to you, you know, that's the type of recruiters you want to build longer term relationships with. So even though you're not looking, I still think, even if you're not looking, I should say, I think it still makes sense to respond to those messages set up calls, get to know them, build a long-term relationship. And that way, you know, you can start to stay much more in the flow of what's going on in your industry and niche or your job function or role. Because if you do that correctly, and I have a subset of people, you know, that I continuously communicate with about, you know, new openings, confidential job searches we're doing. And, you know, I always tell job seekers to go to recruiters with a giving hand. So don't make it a one-way street. It's not what do you have for me? What do you have for me? What do you have for me? (laughs) Right. It's also, you know, what can I do for you? Are there any searches that you're working on that, you know, maybe I can help you fill with someone in my network who may be looking. So make it a two-way street. You know, going back to your question, make sure your LinkedIn profiles updated and, you know, make sure that then you respond to recruiters' messages if you see a pattern building. And then I think to go to your question around how do you find recruiters, you can also do some advanced search work within LinkedIn you know, to find external recruiters who are operating in your niche. Yeah,
0: like I want to delve into that in a second here. But there's a brilliant thing you just said, which speaks to the mentality that we should be having as job seekers when we're connecting with, you know, whether it be recruiters or just people who are within a company that we want to be a part of. But it's the mentality that it's a two way street. I think that's really important to hammer home. And it's not just like, what value can I extract in the current moment? to get a job tomorrow or to get something. It's how can I build a relationship with this person in order to, you know, eventually something could come back to me, but it may not come back to me tomorrow. You know, it's more about being open to the possibility of it. I think that's a really powerful mentality to have versus how can I get a job tomorrow?
1: Yeah, no, completely agreed. And when I'm working with job seekers, you know, make sure that they understand that, you know, that it is a two way street and that you want to make sure that, You know, you may have an opportunity to help someone in your network and that's really powerful for you, you know, in terms of just giving back. Absolutely. Makes a lot of
0: sense to me. Let's say that I have a really shiny LinkedIn profile. It looks really good. I don't have the best or the biggest volume of people reaching out to me, just maybe because I haven't optimized it perfectly. I haven't seen Chris at Let's Eat Grandma to work on my LinkedIn profile. You alluded to it earlier, but are there ways that I could, I guess, type in and search for these recruiters using certain keywords to reach out to them first? What would you recommend there?
1: It's a great question. And, you know, if you look at for instance, we'll use my profile as an example for EQ search I mean it's very clear if you look at my profile that I recruit in the life sciences and healthcare you know healthcare industries, and so I constantly have job seekers finding my profile you know on LinkedIn who are in kind of the industry and space that I'm in just through doing some pretty basic keyword searches and you know reaching out to start to build a relationship so I think with some basic, you know, advanced search filters within LinkedIn is probably the most efficient way, you know, to find recruiters who are working in your niche um, and reach out to them, send a message. And, you know, the message doesn't have to be anything complex, depending on your situation, if you're currently looking or, you know, if you're opportunistically looking, you know, start a dialogue, you know, set up a call and see, you know, if you can align um, on what space this recruiter or headhunter works in versus your background and how much of a match is there, you know, and you'll know pretty quickly if that aligns or if it doesn't, because there's a lot of sub niches within kind of certain spaces and industries, you know, and I think it's, it's important to kind of recognize that. I love that. So to hammer it home,
0: people, make sure you have a good LinkedIn profile that speaks to your expertise and to really be open to communicating with these recruiters, reaching out if you have to, but just focusing on having that long-term mentality, I think, can get you a really long way. Chris, I want to ask if you have any last encouraging words for job seekers. And I like to phrase it this way. If you could tattoo one encouraging message for every career warrior applying for a job, what would that message be?
1: The most important thing people can do is recognize that the gas pedal for your job search is not you know, how many resumes you submit to online job postings. The gas pedal for your job search is actually how many outbound messages you send per week to people in your network, to external recruiters, and to company insiders to start meaningful conversations, and those conversations lead to interviews, and those interviews lead to offers. That's the recipe for success. That's a little long for a tattoo, Chris. (laughs) <laughs> but maybe you can help me you know, shorten that up and make some kind of acronym. Or concise. I love that, Chris. Really good
0: way to round out this episode and also very encouraging for job seekers who are really looking to go out during this current time and land their dream job. I want to hear how people can find out more about you and what you're currently up to.
1: Yeah. And so in terms of smart job search, you can go to smartjobsearch.io. We have a lot of great free materials in addition to, you know, a paid course. You can also check me out on LinkedIn, both my recruiting profile and smart job search, you know, is listed there in terms of background and expertise, but I'm super passionate about helping job seekers in general. So I do a lot of a lot of work to help people whenever I can. It's honestly what gets me out of bed every morning. If you look above my desk, I have a lot of emails from job seekers who've landed, you know, great jobs. I don't have, you know, checks from companies where I place people. So that's uh, probably the best way to understand what motivates me. Awesome. I love it. So this was Chris
0: Campbell, CEO and founder of the Smart Job Search System. Chris, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Chris. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, this rounds out the 195th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Had some amazing insights there and hopefully some encouragement for those of you who want to go out and land that dream job. For me, I always get excited when I think about working smarter, not harder. And I think that is one of the best principles you can apply to anything you're doing and especially your job search. We're looking to build careers here, people, and financial stability and all that good stuff. So I will also make sure to include the links that were mentioned at the end of this episode. Just make sure you are paused and not jogging or driving during those times. And please check out Chris's website, as well as his LinkedIn profile as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. This was the very first episode of our recruiter month. Hope you enjoyed and I'll see you next week.